Welcome to Dice and Suffering, home of more chaos than we have dice. And we have a lot of dice. Dice and Suffering presents The Fall of the First Sword, Chapter 7 The Cost of Freedom <laughs> Skittles. I am the Skittle Gremlin of the floor. <laughs> The myths tell of the Skittle Gremlin of Building 5. <laughs> oh, fucking content. Anyways. Greetings, mortals and non-mortals and... I mean, non-mortals is just immortals, there's a word for that. And, I don't know. People who think they're immortal but aren't and then awkwardly get like shot and are like, Oh no, I'm not immortal. What a shame. I had a train of thought. I've completely lost it. But hello, yes, welcome. This is crime. This is Dyson Suffering. I bid you welcome. And it is crime time. Blades in the dark. But we're mixing it up a little bit, which is instead of two people, I only have one person because I decided to make them all suffer individually. Slash, I had lots of individual plot thread ideas that I needed to kind of tie together, and I felt a bit dumb to drag two people into it when it would only be relevant to one of them. The creative process, everybody. And my victim today... Who are you? Speak. Hey, Oh wait, you just did. Hello, I'm Harry, and I play Mariana Ruby. The spider. You know, she... In a way, everyone else in the little party, as it were, currently owes them her, their lives. I could say sentences. So, you know, fucking be grateful. Yes, appreciate Mariella. Or I'll fight you all. Then again, going by SoundCloud stats, the episodes of Mariella and it seems to do better than the other ones, so... Gary just straightened their jacket, like, yes, bitches. Appreciate me. But no, this is, canonically, this is coming after the three-person episode that will have gone out whenever the fuck I get around to editing it, which will be, you know, before whenever the fuck I get around to editing this, because that's how... When you're the only one running and get the, the entire thing yourself, you are very much on your own time schedule, which is both a blessing and a curse. It's like, I don't have to upload for several months. I just choose to. No, last time... The whole gang has been... The prologue, you kind of all got to know each other. You got involved with a demon. That was not Matt's best life choices. And then eventually, not Crowley's best, or Chad's best life choices on the train. You survived, you'd set up a drug den, with the front being hookers, called the Peppermint Gorilla. In very much me going, here, let's try some crime, and you lot going, yes, I would like all of it, thank you. The gang doing their best impression of walking into a supermarket and just sweeping the entire shelf into the trolley. Yeah. But you've been, this arc, you've been working on an assassination plot that 
to kill the leader of the Red Sashes, who is Myla. Uh, turns out she has a kid, as we found out a while ago. She has a little boy, and she's the leader of the Sword Fighting Guild. So, you know, it's not really like you can walk in, challenge her to a duel, stab her and leave. Because she will probably gut you and then use, I don't know, use your ribcage as a xylophone. Seems on brand. You've been going through trying to figure out bits and pieces of coming up with an actual plan. And you only had two months to do it in. And about slap bang halfway through this process, you got sent, well, Crowley and your benefactor, Hoxley, who set you up in the first place, got taken whilst doing some investigation. And you got sent Hoxley's hand as a lovely gift wrapped in an ominous cloak, instructing you to go to one of, well, go to one of the blood refineries and negotiate, as it were. Or they'd rat you out to the Red Sashes and kill your friends. Mariella, like an absolute gangster, turned up, saw that they'd absolutely massacred Hoxley already, and that Crowley was probably going to be next, made a deal with one of the people there, using a shadow contract, a ghost contract, and basically allowed the party to leg it out of the building, avoiding getting shot with a powerful new ally and their friend intact. So, you know, they've all kind of been... Somehow Mariella's suddenly got the best wine out of what's normally in a very empty alcohol cabinet. <laughs> since you all seem to have a drinking problem. Oh, yeah. Yes, and Bertrude's suddenly, like, getting less, less abuse hurled at him from Blake. Blake likes to verbally abuse my best boy now, does he? Oh, no. A little thing appears on the top of the screen. Mariella will remember this. Uh, somewhere, Blake's... A shiver goes down Blake's spine. As Captain Halfmast is getting there, his arms progress from being broken to now being in a sling. So he's getting there. He'll be back, back onto night duty, as it were, soon. You know, after they got him interrogated and his arm broken. <laughs> Honestly, the fact Mariella hasn't just snapped, taken over the entire city and then kicked them all out is beyond me. Um, essentially. But no, it has been... Mariella, it's been a couple days. Everyone's kind of been... Doing their own thing. Crowley is obviously being mainly just unconscious on the sofa. Sleeping off his many wounds and much trauma and a little bit of drugs because they definitely doped him up to keep him compliant because he's a mouthy little shit. That tracks. Seems legit. Riley's been off doing Riley things. I don't know, probably standing, throwing, shooting spitballs at people as they walk past or something. That seems like Riley. Mariella just complaining to Bertrude that the girl's about as useful as a chocolate fire guard. 
And Blake's been splitting his time between attending the university and trying to, you know, deal with the many dead students and faculty and damage. And trying to do any investigations slash work for the gang as he's supposed to be doing. He's trying. He's very trying. Which does mean that this is a day where Crowley's slunk off to his apartment that he doesn't really use very much. He's kind of gone there to pass out for a while, slash go drinking and gambling with his friend to try and calm the, you know, many issues he has. I think in his absence, Mariella would have claimed the couch as hers. Mariella is sat on her throne, as it were. Chilling. Bertrude is... What's Bertrude doing? These are the questions. Bertrude is practicing his routine. Captain Halfmast is trying to learn how to do a dead drop without hurting his arm further. Amber's kind of aggressively in the splits, looking very disgruntled with her life choices. And Beefcake stood in the corner. He now has a sign attached to him saying, I'm a person, please stop putting your umbrellas on me. Oh, and Paddington the bear rug is wearing the sleep mask at the moment. He's having the nights, let him be. Paddington the bear rug is just kind of there like, I would terrorise everyone, but I'm definitely just having a nap. Honestly, the bear rug is one of my favourite things, and it was just something I put in the picture on a whim. It's like, we need a hideous rug. I mean, the rug is definitely somewhat haunted. I'd like to think at least once one of the sofa sleepers, because to my recollection, Crowley and Blake take it in turns over who gets to sleep on the couch. Yes, they've woken up with Paddington draped over the top of them, claws on their face. Yeah, Riley's sometimes tried to be nice and put like the rug over them, and a couple times Paddington hasn't taken kindly to it, and they've definitely been woken up by what sounds like a bear growling, and then they wake up and see it's just a rug, and they're like, "No, it's there's no bear here." I love Paddington the rug. Paddington the rug will make a great burglar deterrent, considering anyone breaking in is just going to get their ankles numbed on. <laughs> By a hideous moth-eaten bearskin rug. <laughs> It'll protect you from burglars. <laughs> Apparently. No, you... It's a day where you're kind of by yourself, so you've kind of just been keeping an eye on the staff, doing some back... doing some of the finances in the books, checking on the supplies as they come in for the Black Lotus stuff in the back. Surprisingly, Julian, the um, young man Blake and Crowley brought back after one of their heists, who's now partly addicted to the stuff and keeps crying about how he murdered his friend. He did not murder his friend. Blake murdered his friend. And he's now convinced the poor sap that it was him. Why does this not surprise me, Caitlin? 
Yeah, this was the thing where I had to Google the exact efficacy of shotgun pellets. Oh, I don't know, boy. Julian's pretty good with numbers. So he's been actually pretty useful in managing the Black Lotus stuff at the back. Mm. And you know, he's not really inclined to cheat you or anything since he's addicted to the stuff himself. I think at some point Mariella will have pointed out he is probably one of the most useful people here. Honestly, he probably appreciates that because, you know, everything else in his life has just gone to hell. So he's just like, yep. I'm good at what I do, at least. They won't kill me and throw me out the back. Well, if anyone gives you any hassle, just come and let me know. I'll have a word with them. <laughs> Bertrude looks over and goes, thumbs up. <laughs> that goes for all of you, by the way, she says to all the strippers, refilling her wine glass. Mariella learn her corset knives. Yes. Before we kick into the score itself, you have two downtime actions. You already know one of them. Is it training? <laughs> Maybe. Yep. Look, this is how you get better at stuff. I mean, yes, Riley has started taking that into account, and I'm just here going... I mean, correct, but also y'all are completely missing the point except when Mariella does it. <laughs> Mariella starts, like, lifting her barbells or something. No, this is all just, like... It's like elocution lessons and things with the, with the strippers, so you're teaching them how to persuade their people to pay more things. And playing up kids. Sometimes I forget yeah. that. Yeah, she's just kind of there, like, you're just there, like, sexier. (laughs) Sexier. Okay, dial it back about 10%. Whoa, okay, Jesus Christ. We're not running a brothel. (laughs) Bertrude, please put your butthole away. Bertrude is like a cat. (laughs) Everyone look at Bertrude's butthole. (laughs) Behold my ass. (laughs) Everyone's like, no thank you, Bertrude. Bertrude. Amber just walks in with a fresh pair of like leopard print underwear and she's like, put them back on. Stop taking your clothes off. One day I'm just going to write the short story of Bertrude. Honestly. <laughs> just do it and I'll voice it in full audiobook style for an episode. Sure. <laughs> I've done enough narration in voice acting things that honestly it is the kind of thing I do as content. This will happen, just for the record. Yes. I'm fine with this. Training I'm also, one. Yeah. I'm also at level one harm at the moment. Yeah, so you can reduce harm, you can work on any of the long-term projects the gang has going on. You can scream into the void, reduce stress. Mariella's currently got her resting bitch face on a bit like, am I the only one that fucking does anything around here? Yes. (laughs) The others can do something for once. I'm doing something for me. And I'd like to reduce harm. Okay, you have Dr. Brian. 
So you get 2d6 to roll here. Sweet. I got a 3 and a 6. Take the 6. Easy. All hail the basic doctor. So the actual injury I've got down is winged by a bullet. Yeah, you did get winged by a bullet. So you get three bits of your healing cock filled in. It's at the itchy scab stage now. Yeah, it's itchy scab, but solid enough that as long as you don't pick at it, it'll like form with your skin again. (laughs) Yes, in the fun peek behind the curtain here, Alex and Matt have both contributed eight out of ten slots to a brand new clock called the Postcode Lottery. The sword, the pyre, any of that, those have none in it. Hey, Mariella's done a lot of those plays. You really have, and I'm just here like... I'm just kind of... I am kind of just vibing in the... You realise some of the progress on these things is actually critical to how this arc will end. It's about time. It is about time. The other's bloody pitched in. Oh, 100%. I love you guys, really, but come on. Just send out of context gifts to the chat, being like, you guys have done nothing! <laughs> nothing! I'm to start harassing the chat with gifts. <laughs> out of context gifts, our specialty. No, but with your downtime dealt with bit of trading, bit of healing, bit of, you know, drinking wine on the sofa I'd say by now it's relatively well known within your circle of information your web as it were that this is the main place that you operate from so anyone who has information or requests or inquiries will come here and ask for the Red Queen. Which does mean that your strippers are very used to kind of ferreting out whether someone's a customer or whether someone's here for information. Which, you know, does lead to the sheer chaos that is people, like a whole group of people turning up, knocking on the door and then being like, okay, who is here? Who is here for the butt shaking? Who is here for like the shaking down of a criminal? And who's here just for the drugs to stop the shaking? We cover all kinds of shaking here. We do. But you do get a visit from Cassandra Lot, who is one of your key informants based in a serving position. I mean, basically all your informants are in some kind of serving position. In the Blue Coat Commander's house, on the edge of the district. Okay. She is about five foot four. Cheerful, bouncy, short curls. 
tan skin, has like very clear callous tans and things from working with soap. So she's very clearly like a washerwoman and cleans the floors and things. It's hmm. she looks like a bare knuckle bo boxer, but versus like stains. Love it. Yeah, like she's she's a heftier gal, but she could definitely bench press you. Fear her. She kind of Cassandra knocks on the knocks on the door and Amber and Beefcake, Mr. X over there. Let her in. It's kind of been drizzling today. So she does kind of turn at the door, shake at, shake her umbrella outside. Because common decency. And then tucks it into the umbrella stand rather than into Mr. X. Oh, good. Someone who can actually read. She kind of glances up and sees. I imagine, like, during the daytime hours, you tend to have, like, the door to the back room open and you kind of look out. And then if someone. I mean, you always get a good glimpse of people as they come in. If they're an unknown factor, then it's really easy to shut that door and then go meet them out there. Yeah. But in this case, you know Cass. She's been one of your informants for a couple of years. Like, she's had a few... You came across her in a position... She was a serving girl to some drugged up heiress to an empire who like, mm. basically would screech if any of the serving girls even pricked her with a needle and have them thrown out on the street. So Is you she? kind of... Yeah, you move, you maneuvered her into a better position. And since then, she's been feeding you information about, in this case, her current patron, the Bluecoat Commander, who amusingly is called Perry. He's not Perry the Platypus. Yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes. It's like, like, ah, oh, yes, the temple will be here. It's like, Perry the Platypus? Have things really gone that bad? It's a platypus. Perry the Platypus! I started doing, like, TikTok reaction things to, like, Perry the Platypus memes, and honestly, it's all I'm here for. You gotta have those things that make you smile. It's those small things where you just kind of go, yes. Feed me more content. Oh, she kind of sees you, takes down the hood and kind of lets her. The curls are still a bit damp because, you know, it's not like we all have raincoats here. And she goes, oh. Miss Ruby, I have something of an... It's less an information today, it's more of an issue that's come up. That I feel may want your attention. Come in then. She kind of steps in, shrugs off her coat and... in Goes to hang it up and then in confusion, Mr. Rex like offers and takes it. And she's like, oh, thank you. 
Yes, he's quite helpful. You know, when people aren't trying to hang their umbrellas on him. Clocks the sign. Oh. You stand so still that they think you're an umbrella rack or something? She just gets up. It's not the most verbose person you will ever meet in your life. But it's fantastic. Sometimes you open the door and people go, oh, okay, wrong house, and keep moving. I can see how that's a benefit. Yes. She very much walks like she's a woman on her mission. On a mission. There's a bit more confidence to her gait than usual because obviously she's talking to you rather than to like her boss. Kind of strides into the back room and kind of pulls up a chair. Right. Well, uh, and it clocks the various strippers around the place going, I'm guessing they're within your inner circle, so I don't need to speak in code, as it were. One moment. And Marielle will stand up and do that. Clap, clap. <laughs> clap, clap. Right, all of you go and take your break. Except you, she points at Bertrude. You get comfortable. Bertrude is her most trusted stripper. Bertrude makes Cassandra tea because we've raised him polite. I feel like Bertrude would have also put on a robe at this point. Yeah, Bertrude's Amber very much threw a robe at him as she left, as she escorted all the other strippers out. It's the pink one with the fluffy edges. Yes. Amber is what we call the stripper wrangler amongst the group. Come along. You can oil yourself out there. Somebody help Captain Halfmast oil himself. Amber, Amber, like, pokes her head back around the door and goes, He's not supposed to get oil in the cast. Should I use the other type of oil? Like, the less dribbly one? Yes. Okay. Also, door open or door closed? Or door half door closed, open. please. Okay, boss. Click. Things people fail to understand is if you treat people like people, they are willing to be helpful. Yes, that seems to be an upper class thing where they forget that. Well. Having seen both sides of the coin, it's important to remember where you came from. Yes. I think that's probably why you're such a force of nature still, rather than some of the more one-and-done spymaster wings, as it were. Don't intend to burn out so quickly. Now, yeah. what brings you here on this delightful day? Glances at the rain, just like here. Obviously, my position grants me information, so normally I'd be talking to you about Perry and the various dealings of the Bluecoats, but 
I noticed a pattern occurring that's been occurring over the last few months. And originally I wrote it off as potential superstition. You you know how people get. I do. One person one person trips over a stairs and a staircase and suddenly the whole place is haunted. Share this building with someone who's obsessed with ghosts, so yes, I feel your pain. Yes. One of the last times I was in here talking to you, there was that weird jug in the corner that kept going clickety-clack. It's tiresome. Yes, Cassandra is more... She's not a whisper, she's just more attuned to the ghost field than most. Because that's what near-death experiences do to you. No, but I looked into it and there's been obviously there's always some shady stuff going on in the various upper class houses. But people have been disappearing. Specifically those amongst the serving community. In certain homes along the barrier border. It's been like clockwork. It's... What I can tell, it's at least 12 houses. And it's once a month. And it's... The body... There's no body. There's no spirit. By all, by all traces, they just cease to exist. Which, as we would know, is extremely difficult to achieve in the business. Anybody you or I would know personally? I mean, there's been a few I know personally. There. The most recent one was within... Jimmy went missing the other day. Jimmy is Cassandra's little brother. Who works as a cook in the same house. My deepest condolences. Thing is, I know he's not dead yet. She kind of twists a bangle that she has on her wrist. And you see there's a little onyx stone in it. Mm. And like she taps on it and you see that it's warm. Like she holds it out and if you hold your hand above it, you can feel that there is a heat coming off of it. If we we both have one, it's an indicator of the other one's well-being after some of the shit that we've been through. Hmm. If this went cold, then he's no longer with us. Okay. Then I will make sure we try to find him. I can mark whichever... Well, I can mark all the homes that this has been happening in for you, but 
obviously I can't do too much because well I'd rather Perry not yeah you know how the bosses are I'm technically meant to be making a run to the market right you leave the details to me and I'll do what I can kind of pulls out a bit of just grabs a bit of scrap paper and jots down 12 different poems of various various officials people who work on councils people who work in tax offices bluco officers there's a whole range there the only common thread is location for you is they're all near the barrier edge by the edge of town I'm assuming on the drawing table we have a map. Yeah, you do. Mariella starts putting. I imagine it's like a big map. Mariella's not sure who was using it last, but all their pins don't matter now. Her pins matter. You all have different colour pins. Who has been using my pins? Yeah, for some reason your like ruby red pins have like all moved over by like a foot. And are now in like bright stone instead of crow's foot, and you're like, eh? Mariella looks over at Paddington. Next time you see someone touching my pins, you bite their ankle. Rawr. There's a good lad. Then Mariella will come back and check his teeth for fabric scraps. <laughs> Every time just comes in and goes, mm, there's blood on your teeth. Did you draw blood? Should've- Show us your gnashers. I'm having to go. <laughs> Mariella just. Not exactly stroppily, but she will take out all the pins that are in the places that she needs her pins to be in. Every one of Mariella's pins is out of place. Another one of the other's pins has been removed. Mariella may or may not have passive-aggressively micked to stop some of their pins. (laughs) She is taking this YOLO-me very, very seriously. Well, they kind of (laughs) do. You're not a night to forget it. The fact that, you know, they have a wanted level. Every time Mariella turns around, they've got heat or a wanted level. Yeah, the gang has a wanted level. And, I mean... Right, no, you have two wanted levels. Oh, brilliant. Because after the clusterfuck that was... Blake's... Blake and Crowley... Getting Julian, it's all kind of gone to shit. May I have the gem's permission to hit everyone with Mariella's purse in the next big session? You never need permission for that. Casually puts heavy things in her purse, ready for hitting. You look around and suddenly Mariella's got like a brick in there. (laughs) And Paddington's chewing someone's ankle. Nom 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 nom. Someone please stop, please stop attacking me, Paddington. No. Nam. 
I don't wanna. I'm gonna eat ya. And not in the sexy way. Ew. Please do not flood the bare skin rug. Oh, here's the wanted bubble stuff. There we go. Oh, God. Well, I just had to check something. Don't need to hear about that right now. Yeah, at some point I'm gonna have to ask the gang to make secondary characters because there is very much a chance of people going to jail and things. I've already figured out my secondary character in case anything happens to the Red Queen. It's also, play. there is, like, options of people wandering off for several months and things, so. Mariella and Bertrude are just going to all open if this keeps up. I mean, fair. I want to play a cutter, though, if anything happens to the Red Queen. But, like, a really unhinged one. Like, fighting pits unhinged one. Yeah. Like, I'm here. I'm here for that. She just rolls up one day. <laughs> Looks fairly normal. You know, for about five minutes. Someone breathes wrong. <laughs> Literal goblin in a human skin. Content. <laughs> so. Pins in so. face. We are looking for Jimmy. <laughs> Yes, Cass has given you 12 different homes along the border where the barrier is, where the barrier of the city ends. Hmm. It's a good mix of people and houses, as it were. It's... It's odd, it's kind of, it's partly by... So Crowsfoot is kind of near the middle of Vasalis. Hmm. And if you go south, there's all these regions where all the docks and everything are. If you go north, you've got like the really rich, rich people. Hmm. But most of these are in northeast the east side which is where there used to be a really rich district but it kind of collapsed and now it's kind of middle class oh how horrifying well like some of the very nice houses are still intact but a lot of the fancier ones collapsed and people moved away because there used to be two there used to be two lightning barriers but the other one struggled a lot so people moved away from it because you know you didn't want to get murdered by vengeful ghosts in your bed I mean fair so it's kind of you're looking at 
the area called Six Towers, where there's kind of the collection of houses. Five of them are very close to each other. And then the other seven on the list are kind of dotted about. Dotted about. Hmm. Do I know... It's a bit of a long shot. Do I know these houses personally? Or anyone that would be in them? Well, let's... Let's see. Uh... You have... You have the consort skill, don't you? Yes. You have the spider's web one as well, don't you? The Weave it in the web, yes. Yeah, so that gives you three consort die? It does. Roll the three consort die and we'll see whether... They're not houses you've been in personally, but... Chances are there's someone in your network who has. Uh, that's two threes and a five. Take the five. So there's a couple people in your network that you know. There's so obviously there's Cass and Timmy, Jimmy. Words I speak. Mm. in the blue coat commander's house but that's kind of within the cluster of five which you're more hesitant to get near because yeah word spreads etc there is also lyra who works mm -hmm. in one of the most southern of those 12 options under one of the one of the main it's like chief science engineer does all the stuff with the rail stations uh, he lives a bit stuff. further out okay how long has it been since the last disappearance so Cass outlined to you that roughly so every month near like in at the end of the first week okay that tends to be when people have been reported disappeared for long enough that people start to worry yeah Considering it's the third day of the week of it's the third day of the week of the first week of the mo new month, you've got maybe max two days before Jimmy turns up dead. Okay. And how long would it take me roughly to get to Lyra? Was it? Uh, on foot, you can get across in about four hours it's a while but it's the option that attracts the least amount of attention I guess true it's about the middle of the day for you currently 
Before she goes anywhere, the Red Queen will actually go and get dressed all in black. It's much less conspicuous than red. <laughs> I'm going to a funeral. Who's yours? It's also because I saw this really cool picture of like an old-timey black suit and I was like, yes, that's very much Mariella's vibe. Correct. Get on it, world. Well, she keeps her ruby jewellery on, but... So you're going to Lyra. Are you going to try and meet her outside? Are you going to kind of talk your way in the door? I'm going to try and catch her outside. Yeah, I'm on a break. Hmm. Okay. Mm. How would you like to do this? Like, are you going to convince the guards to kind of point her your way when you're nearby? Are you going to kind of just stand there and hope she spots you? Probably a bit of an odd question, but what are these guards like? Bored. Very bored. <laughs> okay. In that case, I will try and convince them. They don't seem actively hostile. Yeah. I mean, the guy works on the train system. He's he's not home very much, so the guards don't do very much. Oh, you poor things. You look bored to tears. Man can sort or sway. Mm. Sway. Got Two dots in that one. That is two dice, isn't it? Yes. Dot equals dice. That's a two and a six. Jesus, this dice like six today. Take the six. Yeah, I mean, yeah, border it is is an accurate description, love guy's been off tinkering in his bloody workshop. It's not like we get to do anything. Well, it's not exactly the most exciting pastime, but I don't suppose one of you fine people would want to do me a favour now, would you? Love, honestly, anything to get me away from staring at this one bit of brick wall, I'll happily do. As long as it's, you know, legal. I'd like you to fetch Lyra for me. Oh, the seamstress. Mm-hmm. And who should I say is calling, ma'am? Hmm. How well do I know this person? Lyra? Uh... Roll me a die, tell me if it's odd or even. Odd. No, even. Sorry. <laughs> I, I read it upside down. I thought it was a five, but it was a two. Uh, Lyra's one of those that you've not met in person, but owes you a few favours. As it were, you got 
you got her and a few others out of a very bad situation before. So, but you've never collected on that debt. Tell her it's Ruby. All right. Tony, you stay here with the lady. I'll go find Lyra. While he's doing that, I'm... <laughs> I offer Tony a swig from a hip flask. He takes it gratefully, being like, I'm definitely stealing his smokes on the next break. Good plan. It's not like he has a lack of them. I'm sure he won't even notice then. I mean, he hasn't noticed before, so... Then again, maybe he has, and he just doesn't comment on it because he knows, you know, cigarettes are cheaper in his part of town. So how many hours a day do you get to spend out here just staring at the brickwork? Oh. Twelve? Oh, you Twelve hours on, twelve hours off. Well, just in case you ever get really bored in your time off. And with a bit of a flourish, almost like a card trick, she pulls out a business card for the Peppermint Gorilla. Oh, is that the place that's popped up in place of that old Sparkcraft workshop? Could say that. I'm sure you'll find something to your taste in there. Sorry, I just keep business cards up her sleeve now, apparently. I mean, the wife... Wife said she wants to experiment a bit more. Oh, absolutely. Bring her along. We have everything. Date. Date night. Like, you may as well promote the business if you're out doing missions. I'm actually writing Lamau date night guard. <laughs> Tony. There we go. The other guard comes back with a very mousy young woman in tow. She only looks like 14. She's very skinny. Not as malnourished as you'd expect, so she's clearly doing alright, but has like a little thing with like a billion needles stuck into it hanging from her waist. Kind of looks at you. There's like a moment of confusion before she clocks the red jewelry. And her eyes kind of lights up. She's like, oh, Ruby, hi. Good to see you again. And Mariella will turn to the guards and say, I'm just going to borrow this one for a few minutes. Bring her back in one piece, love. Of course. She will offer the other guard a swig from the hip flask before she goes as well. He takes it. And like, as you, as you escort Lyra away, you do hear a distant, did you nick my cigarettes again? 
They must get so bored. But anyway, how have you been keeping? Uh, I mean, it's... I mean, it's a lot better here than where I was before, so... I mean, I have that going for me thanks to you, obviously. I'm glad to hear it. I, I, I mean, I don't want to sound presumptive or rude, but I'm guessing you need something from me, because, I mean, a, a woman of your status and things wouldn't really be wandering around visiting various seamstresses and scullery maids. Ariella just smiles. Well, I do have one question for you. The looks at you I like... Think... <laughs> trying to think how I want to ask this. The thing is, if I just go, do you know about the disappearances? <laughs> that might frighten her? I mean, you never know. Also, if I just start mentioning Jimmy, it seems a bit foolish to start throwing names around. True. Okay. Well, I largely came this way to check on you, because I've heard rumours of people vanishing from their posts. She pales. Do you know something about this? Well, I mean, I've, I've certainly noticed the turnover in staff. Has anyone in particular disappeared? From your place? I mean, one of the butlers disappeared. And a couple of the front guards. Like the boys over there are fairly new. Okay. Did anything happen before these people disappeared? Did their behaviour change? Give me a study or a survey check. And you can push yourself or ask devil's bargains and things. Got one dot in both. So. Come on. It's a five. Success with a complication. There's kind of a moment where she goes to say something, then stops herself and. You can tell she's being truthful when she says No, the people being taken's behaviour didn't change. They were just normal, then they weren't here anymore. Has anyone visited the house recently? I mean apart from the master and you know, his various loved ones, no. So it's just the staff and him. Why'd you tell me a little bit? What's the best way to ask this? Tell me what you know. <laughs> Jesus, I'm going to be jumping. 
the information, child. Mm. If you try want to bring Paddington on one of these adventures. He's bring a bear of... a bear rug. Just keep him rolled up, but like the head out. So then if people start giving us bullshit, the rug can start talking at them. The rug just start yelling. <laughs> Angie bear noises. Okay, so what happens? Do these people just up and vanish? I mean, I don't know very much myself because obviously it's not like there's been anyone who's gotten away from it. But it's always around this week that someone just doesn't turn up to work one day. And obviously the first few we we reported it to the master being like, Sir, something maybe maybe they're ill maybe there's been a death in the family and obviously we have protocols in place of bereavement and everything but the master doesn't seem surprised and we haven't i mean where's the master um i think he's in his workshop at the moment okay Perhaps I'd better pay this master a little visit. This butler that disappeared recently. What was their name? Caitlin tries to remember random men's names off the top of their head. Is this the one that Alex called Sebastian by any chance? No, that was someone from Kieran's backstory. Ah. Sebastian was his dad's name. Oh. I want another uh, episode just of characters talking. Uh, Malcolm was his name. Malcolm. Okay. I'll let you get back in now. Do you want me to tell the master to await your arrival, or...? Oh no, don't worry. But... Continues to worry. Let's just keep this conversation between us. Okay. Sure. Whatever you need. If you need any help. I'm sure you know where to find. Y yeah. Liz Lizzie said where to find you. Yeah. And if a miserable old man answers the door, just shove him out the way. I'm good at doing that. I know. Mariana will wait until Lyra's gone back inside. And I think she'll give it 10, 15 minutes before going back up to the guards. They're just leaning against the wall, just kind of chilling. They Like, they spotted Lyra go back inside and kind of nodded at you, but haven't really questioned why you're still here. They're very, they don't get paid enough to care. 
be so unkind? Would you be so kind to inform the master that I would like to speak to him, please? I, I mean, sure, if you want, ma'am. Ruby again? Yeah? Or... Let me quickly flick through names. She doesn't say that out loud. Oh, you what? <laughs> Stares at bookshelf quickly for inspiration. Okay. Bye. <laughs> no. If you'd be so kind, tell him my name is Charlotte, please. Alright. This time wants... Tony walks off. <laughs> Alright, was also good. If he asks what it's in relation to, say I'm here to question the whereabouts of Malcolm. And it leads over his shoulder. Okay. Time to lie. <laughs> I mean, you are questioning the whereabouts of Malcolm, it's just you don't know him. Mariella's plan is basically like, yeah, he's my family, where the fuck is he? <laughs> yeah. We're gonna call this the heist start, because you are very much walking in and going, what the fuck is going on? Okay. First things first. I mean, what kind of score is this? These are the real questions. Don't need to worry about resistance or fortune or consequences. I mean, this is probably social. Mm. Since you are kind of going, hello, yes, I'm supposed to be here. Ha 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 ha, please look at me. Before we start, could I call um, a flashback? Pushkin. Because of the type of person Mariella is, as in she's all about lying and deceiving people, I assume she'd have a collection of disguise pieces, essentially. Yeah. Could she have put on a brown wig? Because her hair is kind of peroxide blonde, and that stands out quite a lot. It, a lot of it's underneath a hat, but you can still see it. So, that's fine. I'm going to call this a social score. Negotiate, bargain, or persuade. As always. One for luck. Is this bold or daring? Eh, not as much this time. Can any friends or contacts provide aid? They have. Both Lyra and... Cassandra have provided some assistance. Any other elements you wish to consider? I will give you a high, another die for a lower tier target. Because if you'd gone after 
Cassandra's boss, who's one of the blue coat commanders, it would have been higher security, higher suspicion. Sometimes it's easier to go for a lower target. 100%. So we'll roll three. Hey, dice are in your favor. That's a three, a five, and a six. So we take the six. Controlled position. So, Tony comes back. It's like, uh, Master will see you now in his workshop, if you'd like to come with me. Thank you. She will follow him like she owns the place. Yeah, he he kind of leads you through, holds open doors for you because he's polite and his mother raised him right. And you get through into like this, it's kind of like a tinkerer's workshop. It's, it's filled with mechanical bits and blueprints and diagrams of various things to do with the railways. There's maps with pins all over them, which is ironically familiar to you. Stares at the red pins for a moment. The guy definitely needs a... Needs some kind of organisational char or something, because it is a little bit of a... Like a bomb went off in here, with all the collections of metal and screws and plastic and stuff. He kind of looks up at you, and there's definitely... This is... He's got, like, an old, very smudged pair of glasses balanced on the tip of his nose. He's skinny. Doesn't look pale as all hell. Doesn't look like he's seen the sunlight, ever. Hair's all short and greasy and kind of sticking up. Like, you can see a few bits of engine grease on his hands. They've definitely, like, acted as, like, hair gel. There's, he doesn't look very intimidating or unnerving or anything. He mainly just looks sharp, intelligent, hmm. but not the most socially wise. I'll say you're on medium load, by the way. Okay, that's what I would you have enough anyway. pocket. Yeah, you have enough pockets and like side, like a handbag and things that people aren't going to question that. Not that I'm hoping she'll need them, but don't forget corset knives and sock knives. Corset knives, sock knives. I'll say one of your bits of load was like the wig and kind of the disguise stuff. So. Yeah. He does not cough. That was me. Yeah, that was me dying. Uh, do I know the master's name, perchance? Or is it more fitting to my disguise if I don't? Uh, I think it's more fitting if I don't, if I'm inquiring. You don't, know his, you don't know his first name. Give me a quick survey check. Or study, whichever one you have the dot in. Oh. Uh, you catch... You catch like his last name written on the top of ver of these various documents scattered around. 
Mm. Uh, it's hit. How do I spell that? H-I-E-T-T. Hit. Right, pronunciation time too. Oh, good good afternoon. You must be Mr. Hit. Yes, uh, he, uh, yes, thank you, Tony. You are Miss Charlotte, yes, you are inquiring about Malcolm? Yes, I haven't heard from him in some time. And the last time we spoke, he did say this was his place of employ. Oh, uh, I was not aware Malcolm had any close family or friends. He, I mean, he never mentioned them. We we are quite a private family. But I am surprised that's something even for him. I'm just, I'm starting to grow quite concerned as nobody has heard from him in some time. I did, well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to disappoint you further, but I haven't heard from him in a month. He didn't turn up to work one day. We... One of the... One of the other guards went to... Who was it? Was it... Was it Andre? Yeah, it was Andre, boss. Andre went to his... Place of... Stay, I think he believes lives in an apartment nearby and all his belongings were there it didn't look like anyone had broken in or anything it was just devoid of him dear he was living so far out here now well in that case might I trouble you for his address he hasn't been returning my correspondence so I'm assuming he moved and forgot to tell me I mean, of course, if you can get a hold of him, we quite a few of us here would like to at least know he's alright. He was a very dedicated employee. I mean, sometimes we had to send him home because he turned up when he definitely should have been in bed, taking care of himself, so it's not like him not to at least communicate. Oh, he was always insanely reliable. Yeah, he kind of digs around his various papers and things, moves aside a bunch of stuff. There's definitely a twitchiness to him. And you can't tell whether it's because someone's in his space or the topic of someone who's clearly not around anymore makes him uncomfortable. You're not sure. Is it a suspicious twitchy or...? Mm. To say, what's a Blade's version of an insight check? <laughs> How to judge Twitch. I feel like this is something Mariella would be fairly decent in reading. Yeah, it's one of those things where you kind of stare at it and you're like, you. You sus. Or you not sus. Mm. I say you can roll this as a consort. Or a sway, because you are essentially you're a master at reading people rather than situations. So mm. that's two fours. It's suspicious. 
Are you very defensive? Yeah. Kind of... Kind of... His hand freezes in place when... Where he was reaching for a pen to write down an address for you. Kind of glances up and there's... A moment of something passing across his face, but I'll say your complication is you can't quite grasp it in time. Are you just... Yes, sorry. My mind was on a different project. I mean, with everything going on, there's so much to do. Uh, let's see, the address here... Is this, was, it, is it, was it this one correct? Tony, come here. And Tony walks around and leans over and says, like, yeah, 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 that's the right one, boss. Holds it up. Offers it to you. Thank you. She will tuck it into her purse. You know, I was never really told much about his new place of employ. What is it that you do exactly, sir? This is quite a fascinating room. Well, he rolled like dog shit. Oh, uh, I mean, I'm an engineer. Well, I... So, the, the electronic trains system that runs off Leviathan blood that go around the city and out into the Deathlands, they, the newer engines at least, are all of my design. Trying to use less fuel but be able to go faster. It's it's a fascinating line of work, really. It's just very complicated because obviously Leviathan blood is so tricky to work with that you don't want to risk an explosion whilst the train is in motion. He starts rambling on and on about trains. The explosion does sound awful. I'm hoping it's not something that's happened often. No, thankfully, any... The main risk of an explosion is always when the train goes beyond, goes through the barrier out into the Deathlands, obviously. Because that's such a massive catalyst for potential reactions, be it for, for example, like any, I mean, you might not know any, but you've certainly heard of Whispers and their abilities. I have, yes. Well, imagine going from something that's contained and subdued that you act actively have to tap into into an environment where suddenly it's just an influx of that you can't turn off. That does the same stressful. with the chemical reactions. Well, yes, it's 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 stressful, and I have I have had a few moments of burnout, and where I'd rather turn to the bottle and sleep for a week than. Stare at another set of blueprints, but I mean, we've all had days like that. Oh, of course, of course. Mm. Can you give me a survey check? Study your survey, please. That's a six. This dice like six. I feel like I'm cheating, right? <laughs> Keep this dice. Whenever he talks about the barrier, he tenses, but only his left hand. As if he's going to reach for something, but restrains himself. Is there anything unusual about his left hand? 
yes. His... It's kind of hard to tell under the layers of grease and engine oil and everything. But... You know, like, if you look at your nails, they're kind of... The similar colour to your skin. Yeah. In, like, the slightly different shade, but not that much off. Hmm. His are red. Like your jewels, like blood, it's weird. Well, that doesn't sound suspicious at all. <laughs> what? <laughs> Spiders aren't really magic people, though. Damn. It seems something like maybe the dear professor would know more about, but he's not here. Probably for the best, Mario, would have hit him with our parts by now. I mean, yes. Nola died, tell me if it's odd or even. Uh, even. You've heard of similar conditions where people, like the beds of people's nails, change colour, but they tend to be from drug use. Or exposure to chemicals. And yes, there's something kind of mystic and spooky and things about kind of the blood red colour, but there's something similar to it here. So I can't tell what it is by looking at it. You don't know what it is, but... He's clearly messing with something that would set the professor's teeth on edge and has a permanent effect on his body. Mm. Sir, are you quite okay? Your hand looks awfully painful. Well, it's just got big, like... Not quite doe eyes, but doing her best to look completely innocent. There's a moment I was also ro rolling to see if Tony noticed anything, and he he glances down at Kit's hands as well, and he's like, "Oh bloody hell, boss! You should see a medic or something about that. Your nails ain't supposed to be that colour." And here, visibly flusters like pulls his hand away from what it was leaning on and kind of tucks it against his sides and kind of steps back from his desk and edges slightly away from you two and towards towards his bookshelf that's in the corner which has a whole bunch of like mechanics guides to various things and history of trains no 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 I'm, I'm fine I've had I've had this I've had it checked out it's just you know, it's just a side effect of all the things I work with, and it's it's not causing me any pain. It's just kind of a discoloration thing. Honestly, honestly, Tony, you don't need to worry about it. Sir, if you don't mind my saying so, I work in the medical profession, and that is not normal. There's another moment where 
Tony kind of looks across at you. And there's an expression not of like fear of you or fear of anything. It's fear for you, almost. And he it's he it's kind of clenches his fist and you see the knuckles kind of whiten slightly and he's like, oh a relative of Malcolm turning up out of the blue who happens to work in the medical profession. There's a moment where kind of a shudder rolls through his his frame and his hands loosen again. And when he looks back up at you, it's... There's a spark of malice there now. Going... I don't know who you are. Or what you want. So I'd appreciate if you'd... Stop this fanning around with pretending to give a shit about my health. Fine. You caught me. Where the fuck are your disappearing employees? He catches the plural in that. And there's like an eyebrow goes up briefly before he gets it under control. Why would I know where my employees have disappeared to? Isn't that what the definition of disappear means? Okay. Answer me this. What's going on with your hand? You seem awfully tense. Kind of, you notice that Tony is essentially taken up a defensive position behind you. Hmm. Not defensive of his boss, but defensive of you. Yes, I'm defensive. Yes, there is something wrong with my hand. Yes, some servants are going missing. Who gives a shit? Clearly me, because I am here. And who the hell are you? Charlotte. That part's irrelevant. What is going on? don't think someone of your delicate constitution could stomach it. Try me. Alright. Kind of reaches behind him and pulls a fucking secret book and the bookcase slides to the side. Amusingly, the book he, pu- he pulled is painting by numbers for engineers. Very quaint. We have fun here. <laughs> and it opens into a stone hallway that leads down. I'll go first because, well, you seem like the kind of person to stab someone while staring into their eyes rather than in the back. Mariella just smiles at that. It's the sort of smile that it basically says, well done. 
Where's the honor in stabbing someone in the back? I don't think honor has much of a place in the Salas, as you will see. Then lead the way, sir. Right away, madam. He strides down the staircase with, you know, some surprising confidence that you won't shank him in the back, which is honestly a surprise to everyone. Mariella will keep her word. You know, for now. Is Tony coming with you? She'll turn to look at Tony. Leaving, like, the decision in his hands. It's kind of a moment where he's hesitant. Almost like he doesn't want to know what's going on down there, but also he doesn't want to let someone else potentially die. steals himself shuts the workshop's like main door so people can't just wander in and see the ominous bookcase open kind of has a hand on his sword hill and it's like I, I'm guessing you're armed under all of that naturally shouldn't have doubted and he'll follow you down okay Doctor here leads you down, and it's kind of down and out. The way these houses work so close to the barrier is there is kind of a descent of a cliff that's been built up out of sand and sediment to kind of act as a natural barrier against it, as well as, you know, the actual thing. So you are descending underground, as it were. And you step into a large underground cave system really there's it opens up into an actual cave and there's some sconces around that have been lit and the main thing you can see is one this cave is open like open at the front and you can look out and you can you have to squint past the barrier which is kind of shimmering and moving in place because it's alive really it's mm electricity it moves with the current and you can squint and make out the deathlands beyond where there are shapes moving that you don't particularly want to run into <laughs> and then and dr here stood in the middle next to what is essentially some sort of iron maiden oh that was me, not Mariella. <laughs> I think Mariella just looks from the Iron Maiden to the Doctor. We're just... I'm calling him a Doctor now. <laughs> One eye, eyebrow raised. So, do elaborate. Well... Let me ask you something. How much do you understand about the barrier? 
a good question, actually. Given the type of person she is and what she does, I feel like she'd know a bit. Yeah, so... You know... Electricity and everything in this inner solace is runoff of Leviathan blood. Mm. Which is collected from the Leviathans that roam the Deathlands, brought back, processed in the refineries, and made into various fuel sources. Mm. The barrier itself is uses the majority of that raw fuel because it's used as an electroplasmic field to keep the ghosts, the angry ghosts and spirits that release from people when they die out of the city. It's why the spirit wardens are summoned every time someone dies, because they have to collect the spirit quickly before it becomes angered and incensed and starts wreaking havoc. Hmm. It's why people like um It's why people like Blake have spirit bottles on them all the time. Because you have to essentially Anyone who's involved in the ghosty side of anything is their duty is to collect any rogue spirits and see that they are either contained or disposed of properly. Important odd job. It is. And given the population of the world as a whole, like there are three cities. There are several cities. But there aren't actually mainlands and things anymore. There is kind of the oceans. There are, and then there are barren deathlands, wastelands, laying in between mountain ranges, between cities. And that is it. Everything is entirely based off. Some people's capability at magic, reusable resources, which is a lot of what all the buildings and things are made of. There's like they have particular types of clay and things that's actually renewable mm. that they use for the bricks and things. But in general, trade and Leviathan blood is the only thing that's stopping every city from going extinct. And the barrier is the only thing keeping the millions and millions of souls who didn't make it into the cities before the barriers opened from flooding in and ripping every living person limb from limb. I think she'll say in response to the question, I know enough to know how the whole thing works. I suspected as much. The whole thing runs on Leviathan blood. Problem is, the less, the more souls there are that bash against the barrier, the more fuel it requires. And, well, the less fuel we have, the barrier starts to develop weak spots flaws, issues. Watch. And he kind of gestures to the barrier in front of you, which you've seen these shapes. You, 
there have been a few nights in your life where you've kind of stood on on the roof of a building and just watched the barrier because it is almost mesmerizing in a way. It's like the tide, it's constantly moving. Mm. And you see these shapes moving and you see you catch a like there is about 20 feet between you and the barrier right now. Like, if you could pass through the barrier without being electrified, you could step out into the wasteland easily. Yeah. So you have a good view of these shapes. And one of them kind of coalesces into a face, an angry woman, kind of reaching out with this clawed, shadowy hand to the barrier and slamming into it. And you see, like, there's this little pop as the spirit is fired back into the wasteland away. And the barrier shimmers briefly at that point. And you notice that the, sh- the colour, it's more transparent in certain little tidbits, like cracks on a painted wall. My brain just went like, what if the barrier was dying completely? And that's a horrifying thought. Well. Dr. Heat kind of gestures at this visible kind of crack. And then looks at you. And there's kind of, it's less malice and less of the insanity and more a plea for understanding. No way. The Leviathans... We don't know whether they're dying, or if they're migrating, or if they understand that we are a threat to them, and are leaving for pastures anew that we cannot reach. We are running out of fuel. The barrier... We have found ways, those of us who live closest, to paste over the cracks for a short while. And yes, that has involved the loss of some servants like Malcolm. Human blood does not do as much as Leviathan blood does, but it's a stopgap. It's a temporary measure that we hope will tide us over long enough for a solution to be found. You're taking these people on almost at clockwork. It's phrased as, um, obviously it's a question, but it's phrased in a way that could be either a question or a statement. It's like a question asking for validation of a theory. Yeah. Yes. We found the monthly 
case over the cracks, as it were, is enough to stabilize. At least those of us that live on this side for now. The docks and things down south, I mean, they experience enough death in their day-to-day -day work that kind of acts as self-repair. But... Yes, we... Well, I can... I can show you if you wish. I will take you up on that offer. Because, as, well, I've seen a lot of things in my life, and this is rather horrifying. But in some roundabout way, I can understand your intention. But when you say, you can show me, I want to ask before you do so. Are you going to be sacrificing a Ace person in front of me? That depends on you, madam. I can show you... Well, I can show you the remains of your beloved Malcolm. And you can see what this procedure does to someone. Or... I can show you this month's occurrence, a live demonstration, scientific observation. That's her long side. Does this happen to be a young man by any chance? Yes. Since you have been so honest with me, and I don't believe in stabbing people in the back, I'd like to see this young man alive, as I am searching for somebody. And if it is the somebody I'm searching for, and part of me can't believe Marielle is going to say this, I will find you a replacement for this person. Right. I will return in a few moments. Feel free to look over the apparatus, as it were, but don't touch too much. I'd rather you not fall in. Of course. And he wanders off down side cavern to these to go find someone, as it were. Tony is hyperventilating behind you. I offer him my flask again. He takes a long drink. Mm, poor dear. Is this your first rodeo? No, but also I... I was always a bit of a science buff at school and the implications here are terrifying. Of course. 
Of course they are. There's a moment where he... You can see, like, he's processing everything, but he also looks at you. There's almost a challenging stare there, where he looks at you and goes, When you say you'd find someone else, you're not referring to me, are you? No. No. That would be very foolhardy, don't you think? Well, I am the only other person down here currently. So. Do you wish to look at the Iron Maiden thing or are you going to wait for Dr. Here to come back? I'm going to have a look at the Iron Maiden, but from a distance, if that makes sense. Yeah, so... Give me study or survey just for, like, a general grasp at it. Stice likes some number five, apparently. Okay. So, Mario is not mechanically inclined. Yeah, you're not mechanically inclined, but... You you recognize I mean you can tell the difference between old metal and new metal. Mm. It's clear that this has been it's not just a traditional Iron Maiden, it's not just a shut you in and get stabbed. This is being like tailor adjusted. Such that it is Obviously, there's still, like, the spikes on the door and things. This thing is open for you to look at. Yeah. But inside, there are a set of restraints that definitely look still bloody, which is uncomfortable. But a lot of the spikes on the door have been removed. Leaving a particular set of them that look like they... Like, you kind of do the maths. And it's, it's kind of, those would pierce the lungs. Mm. Those would, like, tear tendons. Those would go in the eyes. They're very specific. It's like specific points. Is it like to drain certain parts of the body? With a five, yes, you could, you think it's something to, it's like draining and also, there's a row of them at the back that you notice that would that you can't tell where the triggering mechanism are, is for them but they would go into certain places in a person's spinal vertebrae I feel like after everything she's witnessed in her life Mariella has developed a really good poker face but even for oh this is like Jesus Christ on a fucking cracker my therapist. <laughs> Mariela, my therapist says I'm disgusting. So my therapist is concerned about me. 
I got a message from Alex because I said I was still recording. He's like, still? And I'm like, yes, Mariella's getting shit done. Also, we have breaks to chat. <laughs> It's kind of you kind of stare at this for a while and your brain is doing the calculations and things. Yeah. And Tony's like dry heaving in the corner. What's Tony? Well he got a glimpse of like the blood stained restraints and it's kind of going, ah no. Hmm. And Doctor here comes back with kind of it is Jimmy it is chef's uniform and everything he doesn't look like beaten up or anything he just seems very hazy like he's on some kind of narcotic because everything's very slow and not quite responsive Ah, well, this is a happy coincidence. This the one you're after? It is. Yes, the... One of my associates. It was their turn to contribute to someone, as it were. And they sent this chap over. An associate, you say? Yes. Might I ask what he's on? He's clearly not sober. Low-level red dust. It's a numbing agent more than anything. In low doses, red dust is mainly, like, some doctors use it as, like, an anaesthetic. So is it kind of like morphine or something like that? It's like a mix of morphine and laughing gas in the kind of woozy, not feeling things way. Okay. I'm going to guess seeing poor Jimmy's eyes look like bloody dinner plates or something at the moment. Oh yeah, Jimmy's looking around. He's currently like having a death step. He's having like a staring contest with some dripping coming from the ceiling. And every time it hits the ground, he looks shook. Oh, bless him. He's so gone. <laughs> he is so high. The only thing higher than him is my anxiety level. What a mood. Just got a minute. Jimmy, high AF. If you hand me over this boy, I will find you a replacement, who is not you. I'm impulsive, not a fool. Speaking of people who are not fools, you will fetch me a replacement and we will trade. I will not just give up my only bargaining chip and let you go away and return with I've no one of your gangs of thugs to tear this operation down. 
the less they know of this in this moment, the better. Yes, I'm well, sure that's you understand kind of the, the feeling. I'm sure you understand the feeling of not being able to entirely trust those around you. Yes. Do you have any specific requirements for this replacement? No, anyone will do. It's it's the action rather than the contents. Slight side note I had thought earlier. And I was like, we need to get rid of someone. Are you thinking? <laughs> I was like, that's a replacement. <laughs> Two birds and one stone. <coughs> it's probably bold as fuck, but let's go from low level fuck to terrorist <laughs> immediately. I'm gonna say it now, you can't give him Mylora. Damn it. Well, it has to be within two days, and you're not capturing the leader of the Red Sashes alive within two days. Provide those losers to help me, I might. I mean... There is someone within your group that is... Like, within your... Establishment that technically could cause a lot of issues for you if they remember events correctly. Oh no. <laughs> hey, you can go find a random person, I don't mind. Okay. Let's think about this logically for a moment. <laughs> I obviously wasn't present if it's who I'm thinking of. You weren't I present for Julian, no. Could you- it's metagaming then. Could you give me a quick recap, non-spoilery as you want, of what actually happened? Let me just check what happened in the time frame. Okay, it happened just before y'all's weekly meetings. I say the crew has a meeting every five days to kind of update where they are. Yeah. So this happened just before the weekly meeting, so you would have been told about it. Blake and Crowley got a note from Hoxley saying that someone on his Leviathan hunting ship was aware of the side hustle and was going to convince the Hive to remove him, as well as Blake and Riley, due to the contents of suspicious things found in the warehouse where you had your first heist mm. as well as how they handled the body cleanup at the party where Riley threw a body out the window at Blake and you know shattered his ankle that doesn't seem like them at all they couldn't risk killing this person who wants to rat Hoxley out because or at least not openly because his family sits on the lower council Surprisingly, it was Fendral, the Hawkman, that you and Crowley met at the ball. Mm. His nephew. So they had to discredit him or stop him from talking to the Hive. 
what ended up happening was they got they found him and his friends at a pub drinking went there had a drinking contest with them got Julian absolutely shit faced and took him and his friend back to Julian's apartment and Blake decided to pulled out a shotgun and killed Andres, his Julian's friend Is this the guy he killed it with a shotgun at point blank range? Yes Oh for fuck's and sake And <laughs> managed to convince Julian that he had done it in a fit of drunken anger mm. and brought him back to the peppermint gorilla to essentially protect him and hide him and keep Sweep the crime under the rug. You see, this is why I can't play evil characters, because I'm like, no, this is wrong. I mean, you can turn on Tony. Tony seems like he could be valuable as muscle one day, though. Theoretically, Mariella would have no attachment to this Julian at all. Yeah. I'm trying to think what the consequences would be if I gave over this Julian. main concern for you at least thinking would be the connection to Markov the member of the the fellow spider from the city council people mm. who gave you the information on Myla's son be better to keep him around for a bit then theoretically speaking there's probably always going to be one of us to keep an eye on him also, he's now addicted to Black Lotus, so. We'll do anything for the next fix, basically. Okay. No, you cannot hand over Blake Riley or Crowley. Darn. Mariella's just trying to think if she knows any old random, like, pervert or someone who doesn't really need to exist. Have we got any super troublesome clients for the permanent gorilla? I mean, yes. There's been a few that have been a bit heavy-handed with your strippers so they're on like a final warning before you take them out back and fucking gut them okay who's their favourite stripper uh half mast I mean everyone loves captain half mast Me conducting an unnecessarily elaborate plan. 
Firing all the times to hit, it says. I'll be back within 24 hours with a replacement for this boy. Okay. And once we've traded people, are you wishing to witness the procedure or would you rather leave? I think it would be worth knowing exactly how this works, just in case it comes to light one day. Yes, well... I'd like to say that this shouldn't have to keep happening for much longer, but... until there's a feasible solution, I work with what I have. Ariella will hold her hand out to shake on it. He'll shake her hand. Mariella will go back to the Peppermint Gorilla then and immediately find Captain Halfmast. He's got an arm in a sling, but he's happy to see you. How would you like to earn a pay rise? Yar. <laughs> Apparently Captain Halfmast now speaks in pirate. He only speaks in pirate when he's at work. Mainly because he can't get the accent back if he loses it. I need you to write me the following note. It has to be in your handwriting. And Mariella will dictate a short note to this troublesome client. Basically okay. saying, I want to smash me near this place. <laughs> Hellaveo smash. <laughs> heart, heart, skull and crossbones. But it's got a, I feel like it should have his handwriting. And I guess, I mean, letters tend to smell like people in this old timey setting. <laughs> if that makes sense, people have. I know what you mean, it's just a horrible mental image. <laughs> Skin paper. Here, rub this on your butt. Because I feel like if this guy's obsessed with Captain Halfmast, he will know if Mariella wrote it. Oh yeah, he's creepily obsessed with Halfmast. <laughs> Why did I give him such a ridiculous name? Look, he didn't. I didn't allow clown hookers, so you went for a pirate, and this is where we are. Rest in peace, lasagna. Gone, but not forgotten. <laughs> okay. I'm assuming we keep some sort of ledger of the clients and their addresses. Yes. In that case, Mariella will take this letter and deliver it to the client, just casually slipping it in the mailbox. Actually, no. Scratch that. Mariella's going to be bold and knock on the door. This lecherous, creepy old man who's honestly sweating from the effort of opening the door kind of looks you up and down because he's a creep. 
in a eyes settle on your chest kind of creep. Mario internally is like, ew, I want to gut you. But you know, just for the effort of it, she'll stick her chest out a bit more. Hello, love. (laughs) Fucking hell, that's not replying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good evening. And she'll like make a bit of a a bit of a production of glancing around to make sure they're alone. I've been tasked with bringing you something from the Peppermint Gorilla. And she will hand the note over. He wants to know if you'll accept his invitation. And opens it with, like, claws. <laughs> Ew, big yellow fingernails. Reads it. Definitely sniffs the paper. Smells like pirate stripper. Smells like pirate butt. Ah. What a sweet man. Yes, love, I'd I'd be delighted to accept his invitation. I thought he was injured. He's that determined to do this that he will do he is just going to ignore this injury. I tried to tell him to wait until his arm was better, but he insisted it had to be now. I think he's finally come around to you. And inside she's like, <laughs> Oh, old Hector has the charm still. And come with me. It takes him five minutes to get out the door. While um, she's leading him to the place, I'll call another flashback. Yep. Away from Hector. (laughs) Yes, as far away from Hector as I can get. (laughs) You just know. This is probably not going to be a compliment, but damn, that was horrifying and I'm very impressed. I'm uncomfortable (laughs) with myself. (laughs) Pardon? I'm uncomfortable with myself. <laughs> That's going to be fun to come back up to when you're editing. Hello, love. And me going, ah. Hello, pretty. <laughs> I'm so glad this is a podcast because otherwise I just see myself doing like the head divot. <laughs> head divot that you do when you're being a hideous pervert. I have a mental image of this guy, and I'm gonna have to draw it and put it in the chat with no context. <laughs> Just be a <hello>, pretty <laughs> Hector. Um, on her way out, probably like playing or turning with even more alcohol. Like my poor man, please get yourself shit faced. You clearly need it. He is basically helping Hector walk faster. Yeah. I would basically want to... Because he wants this to be over with. (laughs) Yeah. Basically arrange with the muscles to help me bundle this man into the basement if he starts, like, twigging something isn't right or resisting. Because you can't really walk through town with a gun pointed at someone's back. Hey, Marilyn never said she'd shoot here in the back. Stab here in the back. She never said anything about shooting people in the back. The guy got a two on his 
trying to check if anything's wrong, so he notices nothing. He basically spends the entire walk, which thankfully you kind of hop between like taxi carriages and things, because otherwise the four-hour walk would take like fifty fucking hours. Yeah. Spends the entire time just waxing ly lyrically about pirates. I should. Mariella tips all the taxi drivers very handsomely for having to listen to this man probably talk about the hideous things he wants to do to poor Captain Halfmast. Like, please, buy yourself a drink. Trust me, I'm going to need one after this. I put the wind in my sails. <laughs> Rolls a con save immediately. <laughs> Rolls a con save for myself. Oh, I could make a really dirty fucking joke, but I hate myself. Go on. I'm at full mouse when I see him. <laughs> That's horrifying. <laughs> well, that's two I'm days in a row. work tomorrow. Just send you a random gift that says full mouse or something. But yeah. Mariella is she's just keeping her nice front of house smile but like walking along just double checking she's got all her knives so she doesn't have to gut this bastard on the way in honestly just, like, the temptation him. is there she's like I wonder if I can castrate him without him noticing it might stop him thinking with his penis then oh, she's you'd like, have no, to wait. cut then off my hands as well then I'd have to touch it. No, thank you. <laughs> then I'd have to touch it. Then I'd have to cut off my own hands and burn them. <laughs> it just burns the entirety of the solace to the ground. Why touched old man, PP? <laughs> old man, PP. <laughs> okay, but yeah. Like, looking at Tony from behind this guy, like, I'm so sorry. Please let me buy you, like, several drinks or something. Tony looks like he's aged about 30 years throughout this walk. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Bro starts talking about all the acrobatic things he wants to do. <laughs> Mariella regrets all her life choices. Being the queen comes at a price. He's kind of rocking the boat. Mariella does the world's longest exercise. Thankfully, mainly due to Caitlin's limited sanity, you get there in record time. And you kind of lead him through the house, down the staircase again. He doesn't fucking blink an eye. He's just kind of like, oh... I didn't know Half-Mast had one of these secret places, too. Oh, yes. He's into a lot of strange things as our boy. You don't want to see what this, what Hector's fucking basement looks like now. You want to burn Hector's house to the ground. That's how you feel. I'm, I'm getting the mental image, and it's like, I don't know, piss bottles and anime bot girl body pillows that are question with questionable ages on them. That type of thing. Yeah. Mix that and then add in like Christian Grey. 
Oh no. Oh yeah. no. The world will not I, miss Hector. I am I will not I miss not, fucking Hector. I do not kink shame, but I also read Fifty Shades of Grey and I'm I'm still recovering from it. I do not it kink was... shame, I just I just despise your existence. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. You kind of get down there and Doctor Here it's there and he kind of has a hand on He has a hand on Jimmy's shoulder, who's looking less high. He looks like medium high now. Because it's been a few hours, so everything's a little less like he's seeing rainbow unicorns flying across the sky. Less shook by the water drips. Yeah, he's less shook by water drips, and now he's just kind of looking around. Very much like everything is slightly fuzzy, and he's just kind of like... He does that thing with his tongue after you eat too much pineapple, where you're just like... Oh, bless him. Here it kind of clocks the old man, then hears what the old man is saying, and kind of blanches slightly. You said you wanted one? Yes, well... Look, we're, both, we're both doing the world a favour here. Trust me. And she leans over and whispers to him. This man thinks he's coming here to bang one of my finest strippers. He's done nothing but a problem. It gets blood for the barrier and it gets rid of him. I feel like we're both doing the world a favour at this point. He kind of hears that and there's a moment where he kind of looks at you slightly differently where it's not just I'm protecting this child and doing what has to be done in order to save the child it's also you do seem he recognises that you understand what's at stake here a bit more than he expected what pushes Jimmy towards you who kind of staggers over and is like do you think I can eat that loud? And he's pointing at some moss growing on the wall. No, no, Han, that cloud is poisonous. I'll tell you what, though, when we are out of here, I'll find you a nice cloud to eat. Um, oh, you have muscles! He's now poking Tony in the biceps, being like, Ooh. Yes, he's very muscular. So Tony, keep this boy away from that thing. Just ring it the pervert. Yeah, the pervert is definitely looking at the child and no one is comfortable with this. I am uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable and I said it. My Zoom profile picture is very uncomfortable. Otherwise. <laughs> so so's mine. Oh, yours is very apt. Just <laughs> Yes, keep the pervert away from the child. Tony kind of <laughs> leans over to you and goes, I'm gonna take the kid upstairs. He shouldn't see this, regardless of how much he's going to remember. No. Thank you, you've been absolutely invaluable. I'll collect him on my way out. We'll, Tony we'll does just seem be... trustworthy, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Well... I'll I'll make sure he doesn't 
try and eat any of the screws in the workshop. Now tie him up if you have to. Kind of leads Jimmy away, who's now kind of like counting his fingers, being like, I have five fingers on this hat. Bless him. He's just kind of like, okay. At this point, Hector is kind of looking around with a bit more concern. What's wrong? You seem uncomfortable. Well. Where is he, then? Why don't we get you comfortable so we can bring him out? What do you mean, comfortable? Mario, like, glances over at here, like, okay, show us how this thing works. With a remarkable burst of speed, he kind of strides over to Hector and taps him on the shoulder. And Hector kind of turns and he sucker punches him in the jaw. And you hear like a jawbone go. And Hector kind of staggers and is very clearly dazed. So much so that he can just drag him. As he's being dragged... Mariella, apparently a tiny bit of a sadist, is, I told you to leave him alone. You've been warned I... many, many times. Are you talking about you, bitch? Oh, I'm the bitch now, am I? Why are you taking me? Oh, why don't you sit back and find out? It kind of puts, like, kind of shoves Hector into the chair, and there's like a quiet, like, as some of the the spikes that would go into the vertebrae at the back kind of poke him as he gets shoved down. Mm. And with practiced ease, here straps both arms, both legs, and then there's one round the neck as well. And then kind of glances across at you and there's almost a look of, like, there's a look of respect there. It does look over and goes, last chance if you wish to walk away. Not him, obviously, but, you know. I think it's best I see it myself. Hmm. All right. And he kind of starts pressing, he starts like twisting certain little hidden gears and things that are on the sides of the doors. And presses some sort of mechanism underneath the chair and you hear like a hiss of pain from Hector as something locks into place. Hmm. And in a very swift movement muttering something under his breath that you can't quite tell what it is. You're not sure whether it's actually like part of a ritual or whether it's just him praying for some sort of forgiveness from his soul. Hmm. He slams both the doors inwards 
and there is a horrifying scream from Hector. But it is a guttural scream. Yeah. As you you can hear bones snapping and something metal digging into muscle and tendons just kind of crunching. And everything you see this trail of blood seep out and along, and as if drawn to the barrier almost, it snakes across and climbs up as if it's sentient, as if it's moving of its own accord. And you see it wiggle into the cracks in the barrier that were a lighter colour. And there's just this almost painful heat that comes from it for a moment. And you see a wisp of something that if you were more in contact with the spirit plane like Blake is, you'd probably recognise it immediately as a spirit. But it takes a minute and you see it struggle and twist and then get sucked straight into that collection of cracks. And it all glows and stops. And there's almost a crumbling sound where here opens up the Iron Maiden again. And you look in and it's essentially just a skin pile. So all the blood's gone. The muscles have been shredded. The bones have been crumbled into dust. It's just skin and various bodily fluids where a perverted old man once was. I see why you're doing this now. I don't like it. I'm not proud of it. I tried with my own blood for a while. He gestures with his hand that has the weird red coloration. But blood isn't enough. It's blood and spirit. Thank you for showing me how this works. And for honouring your word about swapping the boy for a replacement. Yeah, well, if there's anyone you're particularly attached to within these houses on the border, then potentially either get them to a new place or at least let me know and we can try and we can do another swap if they get put up for this. I'd appreciate it if you didn't touch Lyra. Lyra... Small seamstress girl. Oh, yeah. She's a sweetheart. 
always manages to fix the holes in my shirt from various things. I have a feeling this won't be the last time we cross paths. No, but... In a way, I'm glad I ran into you, because at least... I know it's not just me. People are afraid of new ideas, and that sometimes not everything has a peaceful resolution. Yes, people act out of fear, which is why all these people along the border willingly send people. It's not, they don't understand, they just are afraid. I think of any names I shall come back to you I'm sure perhaps one day we'll help each other out again stay safe whoever you are you too sir and Mariella will leave she'll collect Jimmy and then she'll tell poor traumatised Tony basically she'll give him some like I guess a tip, a decent tip, like buy yourself something nice. Hi. Uh, if you do decide to drop by the club, just tell people Mariella invited you. They'll let you in for free. Bring the missus, have a good time. I'll see if she wants to. Well, maybe not the next date night. I'm going to need a bit to recover from all this, but I'm sure we'll be round. Even if you don't come for the date night, if you need anything, just give a shout. You've been most helpful in this. Look after yourself, miss. And, I don't know, maybe get this one some water. She looks at Jimmy, who's like... He's trying to get, like, a, a pile of screws to stand up properly, but they all keep falling over. Mariella kind of takes Jimmy by then. Come on, let's get you home. And then I can have Cloud? Yes, then you can have Cloud. Yeah. <laughs> and with some startling revelations about the city... And the world itself, and a decision made that not everyone will agree with. Mariella goes home, dropping off Jimmy to a utterly joyful Cass, who realizes the guy's as high as a kite and hustles him off to drink water, sleep, and you know, detox. And you go back to the Peppermint Gorilla and kind of watch... Just watch all your people. And you kind of nod at Captain Halfmast, who's in the corner, talking enthusiastically with Bertrude about something. Like, and you realise... 
you have good people here. But you don't know how long this will be good for. And we'll end it there, because that's traumatizing. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dice and Suffering. If you enjoyed it, check out everyone involved in the description and find the rest of the episodes on all podcasting platforms or at themindgame.org. And may your dice rolls go well, though we all know they won't. <laughs>